Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the show. Now, I'm excited about today's topic because it is one that, well, it makes people uncomfortable to be transparent or visible or vulnerable with ourselves. It's, it's hard to really look into our own mind and really honestly evaluate how other people see us. And it leads to a bigger question. Do jerks know that they are jerks? Does a toxic person know that people consider them to be toxic? And the bigger question, are you a toxic person? Do people around you consider you to be a jerk? And, you know, you hear funny stories about people that say, look, I know I'm a jerk, but do you really believe, do you honestly believe that there are people self-aware enough to know and embrace their jerkedness or jerkiness or jerkvilleness? I don't know. How, how, would, you, how would you say that? They're, they're full of jerkness. Well, anyway, today's topic on Crazy Enough to Win is, am I the toxic person at work? Am I the one that everybody considers toxic in our, in our environment? And what's funny is when I'm doing classes or, or giving a speech, everybody knows somebody that's toxic at work. So that's the paradox. How can you have a situation in which everybody knows someone who's toxic at work, yet toxic people don't realize they're Toxic. They don't know that they have a high level of toxicity in their lives. So, being toxic is like body odor. Let me say that again. Being toxic is like body odor. We are oblivious to the discomfort we create for others. In other words, we don't know how offensive we are. And, you know, a colleague of mine described a, a healthcare vice president that is a bully as well as a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde personality. So the, the first question is obvious. Who promotes these people into leadership positions? And the offending executive must be like a blind umpire calling balls and strikes behind the plate. My popular YouTube video, Is Your Boss an Idiot? Five Clues to Know for Sure, helps clarify idiocy in the boss. And I have other videos on the toxic manager and all those, but this is about us. How do I know if I'm the toxic person? How do I know if I'm the funky person stinking it up at work? And, you know, just like the olfactory nerve, it, well, it, you, you reach what we call olfactory fatigue in about seven minutes, which means we lose the ability to smell a certain smell after seven minutes. Well, I think there is jerk fatigue at work too. In other words, we, slowly learn to tolerate a jerk at work. Now, how, what is your insight on this? I'd, I'd love to hear a, an opinion or a topic. And, and if you don't work with anyone that's jerky or that's a jerk, you know what that might mean? Maybe you're the toxic person. And human toxicity is much more common than you might think. As I told you earlier, I poll audiences regularly. I said, you know, how many of you know at least one toxic person at work? And just about everybody raises their hand. So they're out there. There's no denying their existence. They're not like the unicorn or Bigfoot. We know that toxic people exist. 
So here's a comparison for you that I think you will find entertaining. And the best news of all, I'm going to give you a self-test for you to know once and for sure if you have some level of toxicity or if you are somewhat of a jerk at work. So I compare toxic people to tumors in the workplace. There are benign tumors that can cause pain and discomfort for other people. And worse, there are malignant tumors that will kill your organization. Benign tumors are mostly like what we refer to as negative Nancy. My apologies to all Nancys out there. They complain about the work. They complain about the people. They complain about the organization. And most of us attempt to ignore them. I said attempt. We attempt to ignore these people who complain about everything. Now, malignant tumors, on the other hand, are usually in positions of power and have a wide span of influence in the organization. And we can identify malignant tumors, well, because they have a history. You know, because of today's litigious reality, hiring professionals have a difficult time really, truly determining a candidate's past. And post-termination policies limit what the former company can say. In other words, we can't call your old company and say, how bad did this person stink it up at work? Or how toxic were they at work? We can't do that. So it's easy to be seduced, I said seduced, by a powerful resume that does not reflect reality. Remember, a resume is a reflection of reality rather than reality itself. And most job interviews are superficial and do not dig into the candidate's past relationship with people that they were around. Let me say that again. Most interviews don't dig into people's past relationships to know if that jerkiness existed in the past. So frankly, previous employers may be excited about getting rid of that toxic person and may want you to employ them rather than having them infect the current reality or their current culture. Now, toxic tumors are also pathological. That The most common form of toxicity in executives is narcissism. And we all have narcissistic tendencies, by the way. But when those are amplified through the lens of power, through supervision, narcissistic managers, narcissistic executives, it becomes a major problem. So how do you spot a narcissist? Hmm, that's a good question. Following are some clues that help you know if you are working with a narcissist. They live in a binary world that is one way or the other. You have a boss that says it's either black or white. It is pluses and minuses. It is ones and zeros. A binary world. They might be a narcissist. They usually, it's their way or no way at all. It's their idea. It's the right way to do it whatever they perceive to be right. And they do not utilize the input of subordinates when making decisions. Not only do they not ask your opinion, they don't want it. They, they really don't care what you have to say. Does this sound familiar so far? Now, they do, well, they are, in, when you work for a narcissist, you're either in their circle or out of their circle. In other words, you are in the circle of trust or you're out of circle of trust. And the circle of trust really is limited to whether or not you agree with them or support their initiatives. If you disagree, you're out of the circle. 
You're not feeling the love. And these narcissistic executives see themselves as the Messiah who is omnipotent with all the solutions. You work for this person? Does she sound familiar? Stay with me. They also place the appearance of reality over solving problems. In other words, they're more worried with how something looks than truly addressing an issue. Hmm, I feel your pain. Some of you work for this boss right now. And they're easy to spot when coaching because they, well, they reveal it when you put them under stress. So if you if you put a narcissist under stress, you're going to see their tendencies. And they're, they're more worried about, you know, how the customer is going to feel or the board or my boss. And it's really a challenging situation. So the real point is, now you know a little bit about whether your boss is toxic or if they're a narcissist, but I wanted to give you 16 potential questions that will let you know if you are the toxic person. Now this doesn't matter whether or not you are the boss or if you are an individual contributor. This will give you some insight into your own toxicity at work. And if you honestly, hey look, there's no time for BS here. I want you to be honest with yourself. If you honestly answer yes to five or more of the following 16 questions. So if you can say yes to five out of 16 of these following questions, it's time for you to get a coach and get some help. And there's nothing wrong with needing help, folks. So remember, you're looking for five yeses out of the 16 questions I'm about to ask. And the beauty of podcasting like this is you can go backwards and you can play this over and you can evaluate. But look for five answers. If you answer in the affirmative, then you are likely a toxic individual at work. So here's number one. My coworkers avoid or rarely ask me to events away from work. In other words, you don't get invited anywhere. You don't get invited to external birthday parties, to happy hour, to dinner. You just don't get invited. Number two, I am embarrassed by negative or constructive feedback in a group setting. Let me say that again. I am embarrassed by negative or constructive feedback in a group setting. That's number two. Number three, I criticize other people or their work. I feel a need to criticize other people or their work. Number four, remember, keep a mental checklist. I have at least one enemy at work. Someone is out to get me. Someone has a problem with the normal, beautiful me. I have one enemy at work. Number five, I suspect people are talking about me behind my back. Hmm. I know they're talking about me behind my back. I suspect they're talking about me behind my back. Number six, I rarely do things to help others at work. I'm in my own world taking care of my business. I do not have time to take care of other people's business. I am too busy doing my own thing to help other people at work. That's number six. Number seven, I am too busy to spend time on small talk. 
I don't have time to hear about your kids. I don't have time to hear about what's going on with your dog or your hobbies or anything else. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. Busy itself is an infection, by the way. Number eight, I have a long memory for adverse events in the past. I cannot let it go. I have to I have to hold on to this. You said something negative to me back in 1997, and I cannot let it go. Hmm. Number nine, I stay angry or upset with others for more than two days. That is 48 hours, people. I stay angry or upset with others for more than 48 hours. If that's the case, well, it's a symptom. That's number nine. Number 10, I say it's not my fault or it's not my job at work. Let me say that again. It's not my fault or it's not my job. I cling to those words, those phrases. If you say that often, you may be the toxic person at work. Number 11, I have yelled or screamed at a coworker more than once on this job. <laughs> I have yelled or screamed at a coworker more than once on this job. Look, we all lose control. But if you lose control more often than average, you may be the toxic person at work. Number 12, I love this one. I judge others by the problems in their personal lives. <laughs> like, like our own life is perfect. Nobody has a perfect life. Everybody's fighting issues. But if you judge others because they have problems in their personal life with relationships, with, with whatever, then you are likely a toxic person. And number 13, I have felt like a victim in two or more positions in my professional career. In other words, I have been the victim or at least felt like the victim in two jobs during my career. You might be the toxic person. Number 14, I think about myself and my upcoming day as I commute to work. So this is a mindset question. Are you in your mind about yourself or are you in your mind about others? It's just a symptom. Number 15, other people mistreat you. Other people mistreat you. If you feel mistreated at work, you may be the toxic person. Sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? And number 16, this is the last one. I avoid certain coworkers. If you feel the need to avoid certain coworkers, then you may be the toxic person. It may be the subliminal message that you're sending to other people. So let's recap. If you answered yes, to five or more of these symptoms. And it's perfectly normal if you have to back up and listen to these a few times. But be honest with yourself. If you answered to five or more that you are in the affirmative, then you may have a toxicity problem. And remember, this is to help you. Because if we know, if we know in our minds that we are toxic, then we can start taking action to avoid it. Now, Here's a bonus clue. If you think yes should be the answer to any of these 16 questions, hmm, you may indeed have a problem. So there's a bonus. So these questions are to honestly help yourself see what others see. And I hesitate to use the word always and never. However, however, you know, the focus for 
people who think negatively is on themselves. I used to say that there are negative people, but I learned recently there are really no negative people. There are only negative thinkers. And people who negatively think focus on themselves. How do I see myself in a certain situation? You know, this intrinsic perspective, this look on the inside prevents us from social cues that demonstrate caring and compassion for others. In other words, we're not able to see the pain or the challenge in others because we're so focused on ourselves. We miss the micro expressions that solicit what normal responses would be. And we slowly become labeled as uncaring or insensitive by others. So a good coach, be it a personal coach or a professional coach, is your chemotherapy. And you will understand the why behind your toxicity. It takes practice to work on relationships and your conditioned response in certain situations. Just think about your awareness as a first step toward recovery. Becoming less toxic is like a dial, not a switch. You can't just flip a switch and not be toxic anymore. So remember this show, Crazy Enough to Win. We're going to talk about topics that make you feel uncomfortable. But remember that we are going to stretch you. We're going to challenge you. We're going to grow you. My goal is that this podcast can have an amazing impact on people all over the world. We're already seeing listeners in Asia. We're seeing listeners in Europe. We're seeing listeners all across this country join this podcast to, well, be with other crazy people. People who are crazy enough to believe they can go big. People who are crazy enough to challenge the status quo. People who are crazy enough to win. I will see you next time.